It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News, and we are recapping today the Warriors' 115-101 to loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. The big story from the night, look, wins, losses don't matter, we know that. The big story from the night was it was Dragon Bender's debut. The Warriors had signed Bender to a 10-day contract. We talked about that last week with uh, San Francisco Chronicle writer Connell Letourneau. We broke down that signing but this was the first opportunity that the Warriors obviously had to see Dragon Bender. In fact, it was just hours after he actually signed the paperwork on Sunday afternoon that he was playing. He was in the Warriors lineup, and he got some minutes immediately, and he played 20 minutes on the night. Went, he had six points on two-for-eight shooting, two-of-five from three-point range, five rebounds, three assists, and he also had a block. Um, and probably should have gotten credited for two blocks. He was only credited for one. He had a really nice uh, tip of Zion Williamson in the first half, and uh, he wasn't credited for that block. It's unclear if he was really, if he actually had touched the ball, but he definitely contested Zion Williamson at the rim, which is not easy to do. And I, I was encouraged overall by his his first few minutes, especially his opening stint. He checked in sort of midway through the first quarter. He was in the game uh, at the start of the second quarter. And what the Warriors like from him is not only his ability to stretch the floor, again, two for five from three-point range, but his ability to pass the ball as well and sort of do the things that Marquise Chris can do uh, as far as being a dribble handoff uh, facilitator and initiator from the high post and above the, and from beyond the arc. They, I think they like him in that spot. And, you know, he went through a little bit of a, a walkthrough before the game after signing the paperwork. But even during shooting warmups, and I tweeted video of this, you know, usually a shooting warmup is, you know, you, you, you kind of go around the arc, you're hitting your shots. You know, you do some free throw work, you do some balance work, you just sort of, it's, it's a warm up. You're just getting into the rhythm. But for him, it seems like a lot more like a workout. It looked like it looked like it was drill work and they were running him through a series of pick and pops and pick and rolls and dribble handoffs that went into pick and pops and things like that. It was just a lot of him shooting and handling and, and what they envisioned him to be doing uh, as part of the offense. And, it, you know, minutes later when he was actually playing in the game, the actual game, that's what he was doing. Uh, and so... It's all sort of come together pretty quickly uh, for Dragon Bender, and I, if you're the Warriors, you got to be encouraged. Look, I know he was only two for eight, but you got to be encouraged by how quickly he sort of took to the offense. And defensively, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, they're playing him at the five. He's mostly played power forward in his career, so he had some concerns if he could physically stand up to guys like Zion Williamson and Derek Favors against the Pelicans. And I thought he did a, a decent job. I mean, he's a legit seven foot, seven foot one. Uh, guy, he's only two hundred and twenty something, two hundred thirty something pounds, but uh, I thought he used his height the right way, got his hands up straight up in the air, didn't try to reach too much. He, in fact, didn't he didn't incur any personal fouls, which I thought was really impressive. Uh, and so, you know, if you're, I, I think that you've got to be encouraged 
if you're the Warriors. His first shot, his first points as a Warrior came on a pick and pop with uh, Damian Lee. There was a little dribble handoff action. Damian Lee um, comes off of a screen set by Bender, passes it back to Bender. He hits a, a open three-pointer from the top of the arc. And, uh, you know, other than that, thought had a really good game. I mentioned the block against uh, Williamson. He got a bunch of rebounds through traffic. He got out, he was actually switched onto J.J. Redick at the end of the first quarter and did a nice job. J.J. tried to isolate him, and he did a nice job standing his ground and, and contested his shot, and, and ultimately it missed. So the Warriors are going to have a few more days now to evaluate Dragon Bender. This was, uh, they'll have, I, I think it's four more games um, with him, and he should be playing a, a pretty major role. We know that Marquise Chris is going to be questionable for Sacramento, the Sacramento game on Tuesday night. Draymond Green also questionable for that game. Um, so you know, after uh, one night after playing 20 minutes, um, I think he has a chance to keep playing that sort of minutes. And look, that's it's good for him. I mean, he's got there's a sense of urgency for him. He's trying to take this 10 day contract, turn it into a second 10 day contract, and possibly even make it a uh, a rest of season contract and personally I do think that they should continue this experiment as long as possible they they jumped at the opportunity to go get Dragon Bender after he was waived by Milwaukee Kirk Lakeup told us uh, before the game that they had been tracking Dragon Bender for years they love his ability to be able to pass the ball his potential to be a, a floor spacer I've talked about on this show pre- many times that after signing, after trading away Amari Spellman to get under the tax, they're looking to replace that. They want a floor spacing five, and Steve Kerr really values that in his offense, uh, in addition to the ball handling and passing ability that you can get from that position. Uh, so they're excited about this, and I think that this is not going to be a Jeremy Pargo, Zach Norvell situation. I think this is going to be more of a long-term play for them, right? I mean, they they didn't have the option to sign Bender when he first uh, when they first started filling these 10-day contracts. He was only recently waived by Milwaukee. So they jumped on the opportunity when he cleared waivers, and, and they got him on this 10-day. I expect them to sign him to another 10-day. I expect him to actually possibly be on the team for the rest of the year because I if you look, they have t- two 10-way contract slots open basically on this roster. They're gonna, they've got you know up to 14 guys that they're going to keep on this roster. You can still sign more 10-day contracts and sign uh, Dragon Bender to a rest-of-season contract and let this experiment play out, and I think they should. And I think they will. My sense is that they will, that they're going to let this play out. You keep him for the rest of the season and see what he's got because they've done a good job with these reclamation projects in the past and uh, is, is, as recently as a guy with Marquise Chris, and um, I think there's a lot to like with Bender, and I think he just fits what they are looking for offensively he didn't necessarily fit where he was in phoenix i think you could basically just count out the phoenix years um milwaukee was a little bit uh, of a different situation because they're contending they don't really have time to experiment with a guy like bender but that is why this season um is so interesting is because while they are losing games and while they are not going to make the playoffs and i'm sure they would rather make the playoffs being in this situation allows them to be productive in a different way and find guys who could contribute. And, you know, this is not only for the Warriors. This is what teams do in the Warriors situation. You're you're bad, you're rebuilding, and and you're just, you you experiment. And that's what they're doing with, with Bender. And it's it's interesting. I, I don't know that they're going to, I don't know that Bender's going to necessarily be a long-term piece for them, but it's worth exploring. And they have the opportunity now. When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you get? How will you know if you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. 
You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your shortlist of applicants fast. You can also add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities, and their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make your hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash LockedOn and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, it's time for our stat of the game, and our stat is 18.7%, which is what Andrew Wiggins shot in scoring eight points on three for 16 shooting against New Orleans. And why this is significant is that it, it is Wiggins' first inefficient scoring night as a warrior. And, of course, this is the sort of thing that dogged him in Minnesota. He, he built up a reputation, you know, fairly, that he was an inefficient volume scorer. He just statistically was one of the worst volume scorers in the league. Uh, based on just the amount of shots he took and how few of them he made. And in his first four games with the Warriors, he made 33 of his 57 field goal attempts. That is 58% shooting. Now, that was unmaintainable. That was never going to carry forward. Uh, But to go from that to basically 19% is really, really bad. Uh, So, again, you're, you're seeing the sort of Andrew Wiggins that led the Timberwolves to, you know, selling on him and, and opting to trade him for D'Angelo Russell. And really, even before the trade for D'Angelo Russell, not being as high on him as they were when they drafted him number one overall. Grissom Rojas, their, um, their GM, didn't draft Wiggins but and has clearly pivoted to building around Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so they were kind of out on Wiggins this year anyway. And uh, it's because he often he more often than not shot like that and not the way he was doing in his first four games with the Warriors. That said... As inefficient as he was, I am not that concerned about it. Because you look at where his shots came from. Of the 16 shots, he only took four in the mid-range. Which, look, that's 25% of your shots that are mid-range shots. One out of four is not great, but it's not terrible. And it's definitely lower than his rate was in Minnesota. So that's a plus if you're the Warriors. And then you also have to look at the shots that he missed. He went six. Uh, he missed six of his seven shots at the rim. Now, that's an anomaly. All right, he, he's one of the elite finishers in the league. That's not going to happen every night. If a few more of those go down, suddenly his scoring night looks a little bit better. I think you still want to back out some of those mid-range shots, but uh, three of them came in the first half, and the Warriors were really rolling. And, and you know Steve Kerr will routinely say, like if the offense is going, that's the time to start taking those mid-range shots, but not when the offense stalls. Right? Then you don't want to be forcing your way into those shots. You're trying to get better looks to try to generate offense, and so he only took, when the offense did stall in the second half, he only took one mid-range shot. So I think all of that is still encouraging with Andrew Wiggins. Um, defensively, he was okay. Uh, I thought he did a nice job um, overall in the game, and uh, I, I'm forgiving this one inefficient scoring night. I'm not that concerned because you you want, like, guys are going to miss shots. 
We know that. And Andrew Wiggins is being asked to do a lot without Steph and Clay. And by the way, Draymond Green wasn't there either to help facilitate offense, which he's been a valuable player in doing. Um, so with all those things considered, if he's going to shoot a few more mid-range shots than he, than he otherwise would have, probably if Draymond was playing, and he's going to miss some shots, I get it. I'm not going to freak out about it. Quickly, some other stats from the game. Damian Lee scored 18 points in the first half. He had 22 overall, 9 of 15 from the floor, 4 of 8 from three-point range. That, that's the kind of guy... Like, that is the sort of performance. Like, he's not going to play 35 minutes a night next year when Clay is available. But if he could score 18 points in 19 minutes like he did in the first half, he he's Damian Lee's been efficient scoring basically all season. And I think you look at him as a valuable contributor off the bench next year. This, this is a guy who could be sort of your microwave scorer, which is something that the Warriors have been looking for over the last few years. Uh, I, I don't think we can overlook what Damian Lee is going to be able to contribute next year. He also had four assists. He's a decent playmaker. Um, so nice night for him. Jordan Poole, 19 points on 8 of 14 shooting, had five assists in that starting point guard role. And then Juan Toscano Anderson, who we'll talk about in the next segment, 16 points on 6 of 10 shooting. Kai Bowman, 15 points on 6 of 12 shooting. We'll answer your Twitter questions next. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Lenovo. At CDW, we get putting productivity within reach of remote employees. That's why I'm WFC, working from couch and moving everything within arm's length, like the microwave. Lunchtime. You should talk to the experts at CDW. They can orchestrate a more efficient workspace solution using light, powerful devices from Lenovo to keep your teams productive from anywhere, couch included. Yeah, but do they have grabber claws? Whoops. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo client. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. question comes from at no cap 757 on twitter who writes in we have to keep juan toscano anderson for next year's roster and look juan toscano anderson they signed him to a rest of season contract uh, so he will be with the roster for the rest of the year and i think he's got a real chance to be on the roster next year um this is the sort of guy that the warriors would like to have in that end of bench role um i don't think he'll get a ton of playing time next year but he could uh, I, I don't think that he does anything necessarily good to great, um, but he's versatile. They with missing as many players as they had uh, on Sunday night. They actually he's a, he's naturally a small forward, but they actually slotted him at that at the four spot at the power forward position. I think he could probably even play a little bit of two for you. Uh, so with the ability to play two or three different positions, you want that versatility because what the in the situations that he's going to be playing in are in the circumstance that somebody's injured, right? And so whether it's Clay Thompson or Damian Lee or Eric Pascal, Draymond Green, whoever it might be, you could you can use Juan Toscano Anderson to absorb some of those those absent minutes. Uh, so to me, I think he's got a really nice shot of making the roster next year. I wouldn't count that out whatsoever. Uh, you could do worse for guy 14 or guy 15 on your bench. And, you know, they like 
him. They 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 appreciate his uh, personality. He's very engaging. He's very coachable. Uh, on Monday morning, he was the last guy at the practice facility working out with assistant coaches, uh, working on his driving and and his uh, his alternate finishes around the rim. This is a guy who wants to work. He wants to make the NBA, uh, and he he turned down. Um, he basically let a hundred thousand dollars go this year so that he could try to go to the NBA. He was, he was making you know six figures in the Mexico League. He was very successful in the Mexico League, and he turned that down to basically go to the G League in Santa Cruz and just try out for the NBA. And he's now made it at least for now. And I don't think that there's any doubt that he'll be invited to training camp next year. And based on what they're seeing from him so far, he's he's probably got the inside track on one of those final roster spots. Um, and if it's between that or, you know, a more limited point guard type, even an experienced point guard, which a lot of fans argue that the Warriors need, or another center or something like that, we know that the Warriors have liked to keep, you know, six centers on the roster at a time. But uh, to me, I think a guy like Toscano Anderson has a, a lot of value in there, not only because of that, but they do care about the home the home uh, crowd thing. They do care that he grew up in East Oakland and went to high school at Castro Valley. And th- like, that matters to them. And, um Again, I, I, they've been impressed with him in person about as far as his coachability, his personality, his locker room presence. There's a lot to like there, but more than anything, I think they like his, his versatility. Uh, you look around the league, these are the guys that you keep on the end of the bench because you can use them in so many different situations. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Thanks for listening. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.